0: Oh, I was just thinking about that speech at the end of the movie. You know, he's, he, his mother was undocumented for a time. He, you know, he grew up first in the Rio Grande Valley. and mom worked at a gas station. He's the first in his family to graduate from high school and to go to college. He's now at UT. He's a sophomore. And, uh, I mean, he is—he is, he is an, the American dream. You know? And it's not—it's not to say that's like a—it's it, not a naive dream. You know, he—he he knows the struggle in his own life, um, but that doesn't stop him from wanting to make those connections with with people who are different than
1: he is. Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. All right, we have another great episode today. This is just kind of like the last one we just released with uh, Molly Ivins. This one is called Boy State. This is an Apple original film. Unbelievable. It's about the Texas, how do I describe, you know, Texas political system, right, for high school kids and specifically boys. All right, they all meet in Austin. Uh, for a period of time, and sort of build a government, vote, you know, people into leadership roles, right? President, this, that, the other. Uh, it, it's it's quite interesting. It's it's captivating. You know what? These are the, the these are some uh words that that people have used online. These are the top voted tags. Stop provoking. Inspirational characters, inspiring, uplifting, intelligent, unique, touching. I agree with all that. It's a phenomenal film. It is captivating, to say the least. Uh. For myself, I was engaged from the second it started to the moment it ended. Uh, the, you know, you build these great relationships with the characters uh, in the movie. And um, yeah, just a great documentary. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, just like the Molly Ivins one. Just phenomenal documentaries, okay? Just unbelievable documentaries. This one as well, Boy State. We had the directors on as well. Uh, and the producers. Uh they're both they do both, right? They're they're pulling double duty here. Um they are Amanda McBain and Jesse Moss. Uh and yeah, it was they were phenomenal. They were so cool to talk to. Uh we really, you know, just you have to see the movie, then listen to this podcast, okay? I recommend that because spoilers. Okay. So if you haven't seen the movie, I definitely recommend uh unless you don't mind the spoilers, then you'll watch it. So that that may be true too, if you're into that. But just so you know, there are spoilers. Uh, again, so what I'm gonna do is uh, play the trailer for the documentary. Then we'll have a word from our sponsor from Texas Real Food. And then we'll get to the the, the interview, guys. Okay, we'll get right to it. Um, and the you know trailer's just gonna give you a little more uh, feel of what, what this uh, documentary is about. Um, so great, yeah. Again, phenomenal conversation. Truly enjoyed it. Amanda McBain, Jesse Moss, um, from Apple Films, Boy State, here's the trailer. I will skip the part where I brag for three minutes about how great and cool I am. Seeing as we are all qualified young men of skill and character. People like that stuff. Good, yeah. People like that stuff a lot.
0: Some people say they're a sports junkie. I say I'm a politics junkie. The harder the conflict,
1: the more glorious the triumph. I'm playing this like a game. I would like very much to win. I love it boys, I love it. Where are you from? I come from a very modest family. i want to course to be the first one to graduate from high school.
0: I'm a progressive person.
1: And I'm in a room full
0: of mostly conservative
1: people. Our masculinity shall not be infringed. I've never seen so many white people ever. I feel like everybody has a secret underlying need for bipartisanship.
0: A message of unity, as good as it sounds, is not winning anyone any elections primary polls are now open. Get yourselves ready for a turbulent election. <laughs> Whatever happens to you, best of luck.
1: You win, I support you fully. My name is Steven Garza, and I'm running for governor. Let's get the applause
2: because... As to the political views voiced in my speech, sometimes you
0: gotta say what you gotta say in an attempt to win. I think he's a fantastic politician. But I don't think a fantastic politician is a compliment either. We're gonna do shock and awe. It's gonna be awesome. I want y'all to take out your phones and go on Instagram, everyone, come on. Oh my God.
1: We show the world what patriots are made of. That when things get tough, we pull ourselves by our bootstraps. One nation under God. Lovers of the Constitution of the United States of America. That's politics, I think. That's politics. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the trailer. Wow, right? Yes. Phenomenal film, like I said. So, before we get to uh, the interview, here's a word from our sponsor, Texas Real Food. Okay. So what I'm going to do is, I'm the word, right? I'm giving you the word. I'm do what I did uh, in the last episode. So I'm just going to jump online and we're just going to live interact with the website. So let's do that. And then we'll get to the interview. All right. So, okay, boom, texasrealfood.com, of course, as always, you put in your zip code, you find the nearest place around you that's serving fresh organic stuff. So whether it be a butcher, farmer's market, a restaurant, a store, something around you, right? It's way better than Google, because that just brings up everything. So it's great, it's got a directory of all kinds of great stuff, it's awesome. Um, Okay, so, boom, but again, they have other stuff, recipes, uh, articles, reviews, you know, even more information about our podcast, you know, aside from that, but I'm just, we're giving some love to everything here. So, okay. Boom. Oh my gosh. Look, see, when you get on there, you're going to be blown away by the pictures. First of all, if you haven't already been on there, but you guys have to really get in here and check out some of these recipes, some of these articles, and, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, so let look, let's first thing here, snuggle up. Here's our top 10 films to watch over the break. Okay, right. The break of what? Winter, over winter here. We're still in winter. That's right. So some movies, uh, that looks really good. Ooh, they just have some great recipes on here. Look, how to create an Instagram-worthy cheese and charcuterie board in 2021. Ooh, that looks delicious. Ooh, make room for functional shrooms. The best stress-busting food in 2021. Okay, legal shrooms, guys. Get your head out of the gutter. Have you heard of these top 10 food trends taking over in 2021? That's what it says. That's an article. You better find out. And all these how-tos. This is what I'm talking about. Look, how to make your own venison jerky without a dehydrator. Psh, get out of here. How to can and preserve seasonal pears. Bom, spice up. Well, that's for Thanksgiving. You don't want that. Uh, but look, it says making your own turkey stock. I guess you can do that anytime. Everything you'll ever need to know about sourdough starter. Psh, Oof, and how to make pub pastry. Get out of here. Look, there's so much stuff, guys. Again, check it out. Texas Real Food. It's amazing. All right, look, let's get to the interview, right? That's why we're here. Boy, State is the film from Apple. That's right, Apple. You know, your iPhone, your MacBook Pro, iPad, your Apple Watch. They got a car coming out, supposedly, right? And glasses. They're going to change the world, okay? If you don't have Apple stock, get it. Uh, anyway, they. <laughs> this is an Apple original film. You can find it on the app. That's how. You, that's how you watch it, right? So get the Apple app if you already have it. Boom. That's how you can watch it. Boy, state. And again, hope you've seen it before. Spoilers before this interview. So last warning. Spoilers. All right, Boy State. Our uh, guest, Amanda McBain, Jesse Moss. Enjoy.
0: Where are you, Patrick?
1: I'm in Austin. Okay. Austin downtown southie I'm a southie here off of South Congress. Yeah, from great. A, where where are you guys at? We're in San Francisco. Yeah. Nice. Love that city. Miss Austin. Beautiful. Yeah. Right on. I guess uh, plant. I mean before the pandemic, right? I mean or or have you guys traveled at all during uh, I've time done
0: time? two days of production that involved air travel, but um yeah, very minimal and just yeah. in, otherwise in in California. I went to um michigan and i went somewhere else la is that right Mm -hmm. yeah so a couple of plane flights but
1: sure sure yeah right
0: on
1: yeah nice well um well thank you guys so much for for joining me today um i've just i can't tell you guys how much i absolutely was enthralled with this film i got to be honest um this is and I'm from Texas. I went to school in Texas uh, in the DFW area. Um, I don't remember this growing up. I'm sure it happened in my school. I'm sure it was something that people participated in and 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 whatever. And, you know, what's just right off the bat. This is where I'll jump in is is that um, I just wasn't a very political person. Right. At, at that age, I don't really even remember kids around me being very to that extent political. And I watched this film and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this is like, it started off. I thought this might get Lord of the flies because I didn't know where it was going to go. Right. Just like, Oh my, these kids just have free reign to do whatever they want. Let, let's see what happens. But yeah, it's just absolutely enthralling taking place here in my home state. And I was fascinated the most by Mr. Garza. I'm not going to lie. Um, my mom's from Mexico as well. She immigrated here too. So I'm not going to lie. Like his story really s- struck me, you know, like it really stuck to me and I, I could relate to it a lot. And it was just phenomenal. It's just a phenomenal film. And, uh, you know, I'm curious, um, you know, why, why this film, why, wh- what led y'all to the, like, this is what we're going to do. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's what, yeah, let's just start there.
0: Well, I didn't know about the program growing up either. Actually, I grew up in a pretty political family. My parents are old lefties. uh, But for whatever reason, it just wasn't something people in my community participated in. And uh, it was really a discovery for the both of us when we learned how prevalent the program is. And I think in in a way how vital it is. Um, We read about it in 2017, because the boys in Texas, maybe you know, well, you know, from watching the film, they voted to secede from the union. And uh, that, that uh, decision was (laughs) controversial, got some press locally, and then became a national news story for like a millisecond. And we read a a piece about it in the Washington Post. And we thought, well, hey, this program is still very much around. And um, it's really interesting because it brings these young people together with very different politics. And that's a pretty unusual space in America today, where you have people coming together face to face who don't necessarily come from the same place, share the same politics. We thought that would be a really interesting way to kind of take the temperature of our country politically.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I also think like it definitely—it was just such a weird experience watching this film because it's almost transported me back to high school, and I started to even feel those same insecurities I used to have. I started to feel, you know, some relate to some of the, some of the things the kids are going through, and um, and, I, and it made me also think, man, I, you know, how much of it is some what they actually believe, and how much of it is just influenced by the energy that's around them and just trying to get a laugh if you will or right like you know I guess it's just hard to discern do they actually believe these things
2: um that is that is a great question and I think there's two answers really which is one we never made a a film about, this age group is pretty interesting for exactly those reasons, right? We yeah. all went through it at some point, you're kind of in a shape-shifting part of your life. I mean, we always keep growing, but there's this particular period of 17 to 19 when you're really about to leave your house and um, who you are as a political person is is also a question we had um, in our mind. Like, when do you develop your politics and why? And where? I mean, it's not always, yeah. Uh, directly related to your it's not, you know, um, something you're gifted as like a gene. So um, (laughs) I think that uh, this age group also very interesting, because you definitely heard a lot of kids who were parroting surely what they heard from at home, or what they'd seen on whatever, you know, media diet they were on. Um, And what was so important to us is to find four kids who we really felt had a kind of formidable understanding, not only of how government works and all of them, the four people we follow have very uh, intense passion, the sort of like knowledge of history too. Um, But they really kind of thought for themselves. I mean, I think one of the first things Ben, as much as a 17 year old does, these guys all really did have a kind of strength to um, their beliefs that was pretty interesting to me at the same time that they had this kind of openness to change. And so that kind of strange balance is what we needed in our, in our main characters. And that's what we found for in all different ways with the four of them. Um, But for sure, I think high school is an interesting time uh, for everybody and a hard time for everybody. Um, and also, kind of, maybe one of the reasons we want to be there. They're sort of vulnerable in a way um, that's pretty interesting.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think if you get them alone, you're going to have a different conversation than when they're in a group, you know. And, and they're, they're, you know, you mentioned that their openness to change things. You're right. And I'll be honest, like when I start watching it, not, you know, uh, Robert, um, the longer haired, uh, kid that's in the movie, you know, at the beginning I'm thinking, okay, he's sort of he's going to be the villain of this in a sense, uh, you know, not, not to use such an aggressive term, but you know, j- just in those sort of you know, theatrical terms, right? So, because he comes across as just leaning into the energy, leaning into what's happening, wanting to put a mirror up to what he sees as the surface topics, right? What, what they think will he will be accepted, and him thinking about it too much, and him coming up with this strategy backfires on him, and he he reflects upon it, and he sees that, and he he you know what I wrote down this quote that he said because I I just boy this really stuck to me, and you know it's amazing what you can learn from somebody no matter what their age. Uh, but he said you don't get elected on minority issues in a democracy. I think he said that was him. Uh, yeah, it was him. Um, And I thought that honesty was so wonderful that he would admit that because you're also at an age where you do say these things, you still are open about these thoughts and not keeping them in, um, you know, in a sense. And yeah, I thought that was just very interesting that he would say that because in a way he's right, you know, and that's a weird, that's a weird thing, right? Because then you're stuck not pushing for other things you might want to push for. Um, I I just found that particularly interesting.
0: I think all of these guys surprised us. Um, They also surprised themselves. I think Robert, we don't necessarily think when we meet him that he's capable of self-reflection or growth. Yeah, Um, And he's one of the biggest surprises in the movie that that confession, which we didn't know um, he was carrying this secret, that he was not being truthful about his politics. I think he articulates a struggle too that we see reflected in national politics. Do these people really believe what they say? Um, Are they just pandering to the electorate to get elected and to watch each of these four boys individually confront these moral questions in the form of um, politics is I think what made the journey for us so revelatory. Um, And because we, we do care about all of them. We don't agree with all of their politics. We're pretty progressive. We identify deeply with Steven and I think he's kind of the heart and soul of the film.
1: hundred we, percent.
0: We were bound so tightly to him in this journey, um, but we really liked them all. Ben too, who's kind of the villain and is a Reagan supporter.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was great as a, you know, he was great in the film, um, just as a character uh, in a film.
0: I think that you know you mentioned the, the teenage aspect of this film. And I, I think that we were excited about making a coming of age movie. That's a coming of age political film in Texas in this moment. And we had been told that Boys State was a kind of crucible for transformation. And we thought that's bullshit. It can't possibly, it's just a summer camp. But actually the intensity of it, the commitment that it requires, the risk taking, I, I think you see kind of forces real change. Not for all of them, but but um, it, it's really a, it really is a coming of age film.
1: Yeah. Do you think you know having the cameras following them around? Do you think that had an impact on them? Do you think they would have had the same experience at Boy State?
2: Uh, I, I, it's such a good question. It's kind of one of the great questions of, um, I guess it's hard to know, right. And it's hard to know because obviously there's no scenario where our cameras weren't there. Um, like the kids stay and, you know, they don't know the reality of that event without cameras. Um, but you know, we're, we're not fly size. We're not fly on the wall. We're like very big and there's eight of us, you know, there was a lot of camera units. There was 1,100 people, as you said, in the kind of a Lord of the Flies maelstrom scenario. Um, And we were part of that chaos um, on some level. And we've been doing this a long time. So we can sort of choreograph ourselves sort of in and out of spaces without, you know, messing things up too much. But, you know, Steven has a good answer for this. He's like, you know, even with a camera on me, I had a very hard time getting my signatures that I needed to be on the ballot, you know? And so I would say my answer is always like, yeah, our camera pointing at him probably gave him an extra little oomph of confidence because this is a kid who didn't, you know, kind of get that kind of attention, um, maybe before us, but, The fact is we didn't, our camera didn't create his ability to give a speech the way he and only he can give a speech. I mean, it's really an extraordinary gift that he has that we were fortunately there to capture um, that, you know, he'll continue to use hopefully in his life. But that's that's what you really hope for when you do this kind of work is that you kind of luck out on some level that these people have, yeah that 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 you're there for those moments.
1: Yeah, that they shine through in so, in some way. No, totally get it. Yeah, no, Stephen had me I mean crying a couple times for sure. De- you know, just without a doubt I just felt it, it was just emotional. It was emotional for me to see him go through that and, you know, I, I, I don't want to spoil anything uh for people that haven't seen it. Um so, but yes, um you know, I, I'm I'm also curious how how you choose those particular you know people to to run this and did you have other people that you shot that didn't make it in the film
0: we had a couple of folks we met in advance who kind of just didn't they didn't work out their 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 ambitions sputtered and um you know they they we were really interested in people who were going to run for governor and who were competitive and we we went all in on steven and robert and ben and and we got lucky that they did phenomenally well. We also have some instincts that are honed from two decades of documentary work. And, you know, it's not a formula. It's not science. It's kind of trusting your heart. And um, you get to meet people and talk to them. And, you know, it was pretty apparent to us that Stephen, even if he didn't immediately present as a natural politician, um, because he was kind of quiet, he, he just had a confidence and... Um, I don't know a, a kind of X factor that you thought maybe, just maybe, this kid could could do something special. Of course, because he's progressive, we thought he's going into this sea of predominantly white conservative Texans.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: He's they're not going to take to him. I think that yeah. was one yeah. of the great surprises, both for him and for Renee, is that these kids who come from very different backgrounds than most of these other kids, um, these young men of color of, of progressive politics, actually find their own voice and also find a way to summon the better angels of this electorate and to, for, to build those bridges that I think we're all looking for today in American life. And that's watching those bridges get built and, and it's not easy. And sometimes those bridges collapse um, is a really, I think is a fascinating process to watch because I think we, we need to be reminded that it's possible and we need to see people who can do it And we need to see it done well, and sometimes we need to see it fail too. And I think that's what we got to see.
1: Yeah, well, that's, uh, you you brought up uh, Rene, phenomenal, you know, person uh, in the film, uh, also gave some wonderful speeches as well. And, uh, you know, the backlash that started to come from like the impeachment and, you know, it was just, um, he handled it beautifully in my opinion. and and I thought it was interesting, the insight that he had at the end as well. He's a smart guy because the insight he had at the end of, you know, well, just that question that he posed, right, of, you know, sh- should I have done some of these things that they did to me, right, to, to win this? Um, and I wonder, in retrospect, if he would do it again, if he would do that. I'm curious. Did that conversation go any further behind the scenes uh, with y'all?
2: think we've actually asked him that question. Um, I don't I, I, I feel like you know all of their takeaways as different as they are as humans, their takeaways from their boy state experience were also varied and um, yeah
1: you
2: yeah. know for Renee, I think that he's his he, he's come out of this, I think feeling like electoral politics is not for him. so I'm not sure he would do it again. Really, I think he understands his power, his superpowers, of which there are many, can be put to better use um, in community activism. And and that's what he's doing right now. And he believes that's his service to the country and um, where he can be powerful. And I think that's right. And Stephen, meanwhile, doubled down on. Um, electoral politics and believes, uh, I mean, and I do believe that his superpowers are good for that space too. He's just sort of a naturally kind of returns to, and I a kind of hope is, is where his sort of center of gravity is. And that does, I mean, even as much as he may or may not, um, you know, get worked by the system and like fail and right. He just has that capacity for standing back up Um, that's what he wants to do with his life, you know? So, and Robert on the flip side, I think came into this program, incredibly cynical about politics, having aged in the Senate and watched all these, uh, folks from in the adult state really go at each other and not get anything done on the deeply existential, uh, I mean, on the crises that exist because they're so wrapped up in their, um, Partisanship. I think he came in with all of that baggage, and then he left with this real renewal, this reminder, because of people like Stephen mm-hmm. and Renee, that politics at its best can can bring out the best in people and unite people. And I think for him, then to go out and you know go to to uh, West Point and have that be his future for the foreseeable bunch of years, um, it's very exciting. You know, to just see all these different ways that the program can really be effective in that learn by doing space they create. Um, and then there's Ben who's, I think, well, you can talk about Ben. I think that's the most kind of
0: interesting, um, he's
1: interesting for sure. That guy is very interesting.
0: Yeah, you know, he's not, uh, unlike the other three, he doesn't really change in the experience. He just sort of comes in as a master strategist, the Karl Rove of boys.
1: Yeah, yeah. Plays,
0: we see he, he plays politics like a professional and uh, he's good at it. Uh, very smart kid, really confident, um, really interesting personal story which you learn about in the movie. Um, and of course he's Rene's uh, opponent Um, Yeah. And um, but Ben.
1: Nemesis. (laughs) That's
0: right. Um, Ben is um, he's also a patriot, though. And he I think he's had a chance now. It's been two years since we uh, went to Boy State with him. And he's been able to see the film and to meet Stephen and meet Renee and get to know them as people. And I said he's had a chance to reflect on his own actions, which has forced a kind of moral reckoning with the dirty tricks that he was a practitioner of. Uh, in order to win. And he sees in his own actions um, the national consequences of a corrosive politics. that's uh, based on personal attack and where it leaves us is, is a, um, a kind of malnourished place. And he wants to, I think he wants to see our country be healthy. And um, so I think he's disavowed his dirty tricks. Um, wow. And that has been really welcoming to see.
1: Absolutely. That's, uh, that's phenomenal. That's, that's great. Um, that's great. That's great. Um, that's what, we, that's what we want, right. And people that that's, um, right. We want people to Be see what of they've done. Growth. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I,
0: you know, and, and, and I think maybe we all need to think about, you know, we can't all go back to, to being 17 and go to boy state or girl state. Um, but, but, and we get so fixed in our identities as we get older and, you know, siloed. And, um, I, I just think, you know, how,
1: how,
0: Rene talks about as a liberal, this is something that he needs to sort of hear from and confront people whose politics are different than his own. And and I think, and face-to-face in particular, you know, where it's har- harder to, you can't just turn people off, right? And uh, how, how do we all, for us as filmmakers, it was really important to go to a different place, to go to Texas, to go to a predominantly conservative community and to really listen. That's what we do as filmmakers mostly is listen. And, um, <clears throat> I think it it certainly gave us some insight. So I I think we all recognize that we have we are left with a deep and potentially intractable division. And how do we um, how do we heal that division?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Is there you mentioned uh, girl state? Is there a potential sequel that could happen here? Um, I mean, it seems obvious, right? I'm I'm sure you get asked that a lot.
2: We're doing it. Um, Nice. it won't be in Texas, most likely. But um, but for sure, we can't wait to get into that space. I mean, and eventually maybe even do a people state when the program, when and if, more um, like when, um, when they merge. So that would be also interesting. Um,
1: Absolutely. So just, totally fascinating.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was really interesting for us to take the temperature of young men in this moment. Um, and I think that's what uh, the boy state, window provided as you see it in the film, sort of two competing ideas of the way to be a man. you see in Stephen a kind of. That's
1: a great, yeah, that's a great way to put that.
0: You see a, a masculinity of, of empathy and compassion yeah. of listening. And that's a kind of modern manhood. And you see in, in Ben's version of it, um, embodied in his politics, uh, it's much more militant. It's, it's one of kind of conflict. And um, he talks about military Metaphors when, in, you know, when, when he, he talks about shock and awe and combined arms warfare is the way he engages in this process, and I think so. The film becomes a clash of of male identity, and uh, that is a clash that we're experiencing in our country. We saw it in the in the Biden and Trump conflict too, and I think just as much we're interested in for young women, you know, this is an a really interesting moment that, and I think a, a girl state could could also I think yield insight into. You know the ways that young women are growing up in America today, and and um, sure. how that so. manifests in their political identities.
1: Yeah, absolutely, of course. Um, do, it, is it is it done in all fifty states?
2: It's all fifty states, um, except I think at some point Hawaii was not part of the mix, but um, okay right now it's not clear. Um, oh. Wow, wow. Yeah. But Texas, Incredible. I've got to say, Texas as a space, we were very excited about not only learning about the program, but we were very excited about going to Texas because as we all know, (laughs) Texas is a complicated place politically and really vivid. And, you know, that, that was exactly where we wanted to first, um, visit, you know, in all of its, um, layers of rural urban red, blue, purple, um, (laughs) And it's big, the program in Texas is quite large. It's probably one of the biggest in the country. Um, So for that reason, we we were interested in how democracy works when you get a little bigger too, Um, because that complicates things.
0: I think you see, you know, Texas is a, a politically, racially very diverse state, more so every day. Um, The program, though, is still a little bit old fashioned and it feels a little bit like the U.S. Senate. And it's disproportionately white, disproportionately conservative and rural. And I I think it troubled us that it doesn't feel reflective of modern Texas. On the other hand, it does mirror the kind of political, unequal political structure that we're living with. And, And the narrative of Boy State, the movie, is about. People who've been disenfranchised or denied power, trying to fight for and gain power in this system. And I think in that way the movie becomes a metaphor for our national political moment. And Stephen and Renee coming to power, finding strategies to fight to to hold on to their principles, but also be open to a process. And you mentioned, you know, the attacks on Renee. Um, we see in the film both kind of Uh, uh, overt and covert racism, much like Obama was delegitimized by people like Donald Trump.
1: The birth, the birther birther thing, exactly. Exactly. You see
0: the challenge to Rene, who comes to power so quickly and and impressively as the head of the Nationalist Party is instantly challenged uh, and threatened with impeachment. And the way he fends off those attacks is really wonderful to see. But I think you can read into that a a kind of covert racism that then surfaces, especially the
1: the Instagram post.
0: That's right. It becomes, that's overt, right? I mean, that was really shocking to see
1: Yeah, that was overt. You're right.
0: I don't think for, for Renee to see that, but for us to be, to be witness to that um, was really quite shocking, you know, but it's there. That's we, I mean, we, we just lived through this 2020 election and, and I think we, we saw very naked appeals to, to division, to racism, uh, unfortunately that's that's what our con- country is grappling with so i think boy state yeah. you know people sometimes ho- you know wish for a maybe a rosier picture I, I think the film has real optimism the story has real optimism I think, I think so
1: 100 percent. It
0: it's also really honest with i think what we're reckoning with uh there's a racial reckoning in this country and this film deals with that
1: absolutely you know look um steven doesn't you know, well, that, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm torn to, to to talk about the ending here. Or should I? I mean, should we just do that? I don't even I, I, let's uh, spoil do it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Spo- okay. You've seen yeah. it. If not, pause it, watch the damn movie, you know, on Apple Plus. It's, uh, yes. it's phenomenal. I mean, you got to watch, I do want to talk about this because, you know, he doesn't win at the end and, but it still feels super hopeful at the end. And that's how I felt. And again, I'm, I'm crying with him at the end. I'm, I'm crying with him. I'm not like how he lost. It almost didn't matter. It's like the lessons he learned and everything was so much more important and how he came out uh, and everyone coming up to him. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud. I mean, that just was like the world. I I could just feel that through through him. And it was very powerful. So, yeah, I think it absolutely has that optimism and hope um, through it, which is great. That's
2: where a person starts. Right. I mean, he's got that city who are the, the immediate, that's his immediate circle at Boys State. And those are the folks that are hugging him at the end. Um, they are very different from him. But that connection that they, they made, which is really like the beginning of how you start to build this whole thing out. Um, and he will in his lifetime continue to do that, continue to meet people and continue to be himself and just grow uh, his community. So that big hug is bigger and bigger, Um, bigger. But to see that already, you just knew with this particular person who again, has these superpowers that I don't know where those come from, but, uh, and, and his hope is not a naive hope. I mean, he's been through the ringer many times in his life His life. so, you know, that kind of person who puts together those two things, seeing things for what they are clearly and still having this, um, love of the American promise uh, is is really, really gorgeous. And I am, you know, I feel very privileged that we met him so early in his journey. Um, well, he
0: quotes Napoleon, which I love. He, he says. He <laughs> was yes, a-
1: I, I, I was, I found that odd, but at the same time, like. Who doesn't cool, quote right? Napoleon <laughs> in everyday yeah, yeah. conversation?
0: <laughs> uh, he says, so you become strong uh, by defying defeat. And you know,
1: and turning I, loss
2: into failure and turning yeah, loss,
0: turning loss into failure yeah. into, um, and failure into success. Into
2: success. sorry. Yeah.
0: And, <laughs> um, you know, I think that we all recognize that, you know, justice, fairness, equality is, is a struggle. And as much as we wanted the, the happy ending, we know that um, it's really about. Living to fight another day, and we see that in the film. I mean, Steven goes from Boy State to speaking at the Democratic Convention in Texas. And like he's already commands the stage at the age yeah. of seventeen. and he's, you know, I think uh, we started the conversation talking about like, why didn't we go to Boy State or Girl State when we were growing up? And I think um, you know, maybe it's this generation now is so much more politicized at a younger age than we were because they're confronting threats, whether it's gun violence in schools or climate change, that I think we're, not present uh, and 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 so we see that we have a teenage daughter who's like much more political at the age of 14 than, than we ever were. And these these guys like Steven, they're already out there working on campaigns. Um, he in high school, he, he would like not do his homework. He'd rather go work on a political campaign. He was like, sorry that his grades weren't better. I said, you know what? I mean, what you're doing is that's your, your education. That's amazing. So um, they're not wasting any time, any of them. Uh, and uh, we see, Young people march for our lives, leading political movements, you know, they don't, they can't, as Stephen says in the movie, you know, let's show the adults that the kids are all right. And I think they know that we're not going to fix their problems. We're, we fuck things up pretty badly. And, um, and they're going to have to show us a way forward. And I think Stephen helps us see what that would be.
1: That's awesome, yeah. It's such an interesting thing, right? When you're a kid, because you're like, oh, the the adults, right? They're not doing it right. But then you become the adult, and then you turn around, and now there's another kid looking at you, going, "You're not doing it right." Right? It's this weird circle, I guess. Um, you know. So I'm curious if they're aware of that, or maybe it's different this time, or I, I don't know. Right? I guess everybody thinks it's always it's different that time. Um, I guess the, the hope is that they retain, right. That's what you, that, that childlike innocence and, and, and hope, right. That, that the world can be better and we can make a change. And, uh, because with time, right. It does just life sort of can make you very, you know, pessimistic about things. And, Um, I I do hope that this new generation, more connected, more politicized, more, you know, understanding of the issues uh, doesn't make the same mistake that I feel like my generation uh, made.
0: I think there is within ourselves and within our country, clearly a a contest of of optimism versus cynicism. Um, And, you know, we we see that embodied in Robert, you know, the sort of the warring ideologies yeah. In, in one person which is so interesting and um I think that uh, I think you know it's so easy to dwell on the, this this cynical and the division um, but there's power and optimism and I think
1: 100 percent
0: that, yeah that's 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 what Stephen is is um, reminding I think reminds us of um, yeah hundred percent
1: I mean he does uh, he does for sure you know I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah yeah go ahead go ahead uh, go ahead I'm sorry
0: Oh, I was just thinking about that speech at the end of the movie. You know, he's, he, his mother was undocumented from it for a time. He, you know, he grew up first in the Rio Grande Valley. His mom worked at a gas station. He's the first in his family to graduate from high school and to go to college. He's now at UT, he's a sophomore. And uh, I mean, he is, he is an, the American dream, you know? And it's not, it's not to say that's like a, it, it's not a naive dream. You know, he, he knows the struggle in his own life. Um, but that doesn't stop him from wanting to make those connections with, with people who are different than he is and to find, find common ground and, and not um, to look for that connection.
1: Absolutely. I mean, these are the people that are coming to our country. You know, these are the people that some people want to get out. Right. It's, it's so crazy to me. Um, yeah. Just so crazy to me. Um, you know, something I noticed from the film what well, didn't notice, I guess I'll say, is there was no really mention of Trump and politics and the, you know, right, the adult part of it. Was that, I mean, I guess it had to have been on purpose, right? Or was that hard to cut around? Did the kids talk about that a lot? And I'm curious how that all worked out.
2: I think one of the basic, um, one of the big ideas uh, behind the program is really to They say, um, this is your boy's state. And in that sense, they really want the kids to form their own government separate from the real world, right? Um, And so, of course, people bring in their own politics and obviously that informs how they act to some degree while they're there, but they form these two sort of value agnostic parties and from scratch build them with platforms and you know, elect leaders and everything else. Um, but I think, uh, I think for us then, so, so what I mean by that is that even at the program, I didn't hear Trump this Trump that all the time. So it's not like we were avoiding shooting that. It just really was less of part of the conversation than you would think, given how much media comes at us about that guy. Um, yeah. But then exactly. also in our edit, which by the way took a very long time, um, these kind of I films can't even
1: imagine.
2: Out, it took us a year to write this movie, and I, I just um, that's kind of true with with the kind of films we make in Averte, but this one in particular, just because it was a complicated. Yes, we knew the beginning, middle, and end of who's going to win the governor race, but also there was these two state parties to build in, and all four characters and a thousand sporting characters and everything else. But I, the choice for us was also Yes, everything in this film is going to be a microcosm for the macrocosm there. You can't not relate our own emotions and understanding what's happening in Trump America, in the politics in Washington to what we're seeing play out here because it does trickle down and infuse the behavior of all these 17 year olds. What they, They're modeling to some degree what they see in the adult world, of course. Um, but it also offered kind of a sideways approach to, to thinking about all these big questions of representational democracy, electoral politics, um, you know, the rights and wrongs of how you run a campaign, um, that didn't talk about Trump. And that for us is exactly where we want to be. We wanted to, we, as filmmakers, as people were trying to make sense of, you know, all these, as Jesse mentioned, like taking, taking, trying to. Get a sense of the health of our democracy, but like not talking directly w- w- about Trump. And that's very hard because yeah. really he is like one drop of ink into, a, I mean, it will like stain a whole pool. Like he's just that, he's, he, his, he, he just sort of infects everything. And I think so. It was really interesting. There is only one time his name is mentioned. That's at the end of the film when Ben, um, since we're talking spoilers, when Ben says, "You know, I took a page from the Trump playbook," right? And that's yeah. kind of like a need. I mean, you kind of know he's everywhere, right? On some level.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, without actually his name being mentioned or whatever, the influence is there yeah. of what's happening. That's interesting. I wonder if Ben, and that's interesting because he's such a fan of Reagan, which I loved. He, you know, he reminded me of um, Alex P. Keaton.
0: Yeah,
1: from family ties. Totally. You know, that's I mean, that's, I, I, that's what I imagine.
0: We we just did a Zoom call with him uh, last week, and he was making the case for why George W. Bush was due for a historical reappraisal and was on par with <laughs> Harry Truman as a great, a great a great twentieth twenty first century uh, <laughs> president. And um, so he's got uh, it all
2: worked out. He might even maybe
0: I yeah
1: he might even convince you. I love that.
0: He's still <laughs> got the Reagan doll, but he's, he's, I think as he goes to SMU and George W's got a relationship there, he's got a, a, a soft spot for George. Sure. George
2: W doll.
1: That is, that's, that's, yeah. God, that's crazy. Well, yeah, I just, I found that interesting that he was such a, a Reagan fan. And then, you know, here he is pulling um, tactics from the Trump team. Yeah. In a sense, instead of pulling tactics from the Reagan era or something else, right? Like it, because the modern era rules all, in a sense, even though you're still aware of history and you're still aware of, of things that have happened, you just can't help that influence that's, that's around you. And another thing about him that I, that I found interesting um, is at the beginning of the film, he says, you know, I, I'm not really into like, you know, hoo-hoo, rowdy, right? Like into that sort of, and then by the end of the film, I felt like that was all him. That like that was he was more into that, not necessarily him, whatever, but you see him uh, get up and confront uh, Renee's decision uh, about cutting off the, the speaker. Right. And the or the speech that the other the other guy had uh, before. So he gets up and confronts the crowd. Right. And and, and it just has these moments that I just didn't expect from him just based off of how he was in the beginning. And I think that like that energy or what do you think it was like, right? The energy, the, the feeling from the boys, I think, right. The, the energy from the boys and sort of the chanting and stuff, it gets to you no matter who you are. Even if you say, "I, I can't be affected by that, or that's not me. It ends up becoming that way.
2: Yeah. I mean, the speech he gives at the end there, I find one of the most extraordinary things I've ever seen. Cause that's, that's, extemporaneous. Like he's, that's all words just coming out. Of, I mean, I can't even believe that's not scripted. It's just,
1: yeah, he, you're right.
2: Extraordinary. Like right there at spur of the moment, that those words just came out of his mouth. I mean, that is a gift as well. And I think he over time, yeah, the confidence building for someone like him who goes to a very small school, you know, everything else, like he, he's made for that stage on some level and um, found power in that stage and the power Uh, you know, sort of unlocked even more of his um, brilliance, really. I mean, he really is quite, I mean, he's extremely charismatic, actually, as a human, we knew that right away, but that ability to just off the cuff, give something that well-sculpted in a debate like that is amazing.
0: There, There, you know, Ben is a double amputee and there's a, he addresses this early in the film, And so there is kind of within him a a vulnerability that, you know, he's grown up with this disability, but he's a a very confident, headstrong person. And he sort of really believes in self-reliance. That's the Reaganism in him. And he articulates that, too, in the beginning. Yeah. But um, and and I think, you, you know, you Ben's only gets a quarter of the screen time in this movie because we got four great characters, but I think there was really kind of a depth and complexity to Ben. And we talked about some of his kind of aggressive tactics. And I think if, if, you know, I, I think a deeper Ben is, I think, and probably he himself would, would participate in a kind of deeper reckoning with his own psychology and how he practices politics and how that is rooted in his own identity as a, as a person, I mean, that's how we all practice our politics, right? That's where it comes from if, if you stand for anything, right? If you're not just kind of picking a bunch of things like we see Robert do it in order to get elected and of yeah. that comes with its own reckoning. But um, in, in a sense, Ben's aggression, you might say is a kind of you know, flip side to, you know, or sort of related in some way to his own um, identity, um, part of his identity. And so that's really interesting to think about. Um, I, um, Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, think- I do, it,
2: They're all fearless on some level too. I will say that about all of them. And then then what happens <clears throat> because they're so different <clears throat> in their backgrounds and their politics and in their um, interests, but also so on the same level in terms of um, A, being open to talking to one another and B, being as smart as each other. I mean at Sundance, Renee and Ben who are so equally matched, but so different would have these epic debates about you name the topic, race in America, Israel, Palestinian conflict, like, you know, three hour kind of like, you know, heated, uh, that those are, I mean, I would just like get my phone and I'm like, I'm just gonna keep filming. This could go on forever with these guys. And that the value of that I think was also for me, Not just like we needed this quartet, this this group of voices who so represent different things. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think that Ben was such a needed
1: part of that. Yeah, 100 percent. You know, another thing about Ben, too, that the one comment I thought was hilarious is when um, he says to the crowd, uh, I don't know, shush or shut up or something. And they all quiet down. He's like, oh, yeah, I like that. He loved that power. I, I found that, I, that cracked me up when he said that, but also got me thinking, right? Because it, it makes you think, well, what does that mean exactly, right? So it, he's searching for this power. He likes that ability. And I also found it, I don't think, he doesn't want to be the spotlight. He wants to be, have control over who gets the spotlight, right? And, but, and I think he knows that, if you're in that position, you don't actually have any controller power. Someone's controlling you in that power and he wants to be that guy. And maybe I'm overthinking it, but he's such a smart guy. I bet he thinks about those things. But you know um, he's
0: that's right, he's the hand of the king and Eddie is his king. Eddie is the gubernatorial candidate, of course, for yeah. the Federalist, Federalist Party and Eddie Ben talks about the relationship in a in a in a funny way. You know, he says, you know, eddie knows his facts or at least he presents like he knows his facts yeah <laughs> but the truth is eddie's actually really smart guy and, and very, very confident smart. and and but they made sure. a powerful team but um i think ben actually has the dual ability to kind of command a room and to yeah. be the master strategist and i think that's the brilliance you see is that he he can hush a room of 500 unruly 17 year old Texas boys. And, uh, and he, and he can also kind of improvise a brilliant strategy to get his candidate elected. Um, and I, so I think that Ben actually has, he's like a double threat. Um, I think that he may be, you know, <laughs> if it weren't for a failure of strategy, perhaps he could have been a successful gubernatorial candidate. You know, he just, he was sort of too principled for a guy yeah. we're talking about is maybe having not, any principles at the end of the week, he starts with these principles that he's not going to campaign for governor because he doesn't because the party doesn't stand for anything yet, and, <laughs> and for him to campaign would be somehow dishonest. So it's a really interesting kind of journey that he makes. Um, but no, I think it. you know, right. yeah, th- this is such a performative space. Electoral politics is performative, and I think that there's obviously the whole part of governing that's not performative it's just about getting the job done and doing it well but i think that because it's a performative space it's a kind of stage set that you really get to see people try on these identities and um and uh i think that what's what what sort of allows it to be such a uh an i guess an interesting i i I don't know a a space to explore both teenage identity and political identity is it is a sort of uh, you know, they, they can kind of try things on in the room. And and, and we chose kids who were willing to do that, um, you know, on stage, literally at Boys State.
1: That's awesome. No, all, all the, you know, all the kids were, were phenomenal. All the boys were great. Um, nothing but respect for them for, you know, that that's a tough thing to do on its own, right. To say, okay, follow me around with these cameras and let's do this. And uh, that, that's a lot to take on as, as those kids too. And to be in that environment, Right, you're susceptible to all that. That's just a lot to go through, um, and I think they all handled it, you know, wonderfully. Uh, to be honest with you, and you guys really captured everything, and you know, cr- brought together this wonderful film. I mean, I was literally hanging on to every second of that movie. I'm not gonna lie; I didn't even want to step away to like I didn't want to pause it because I didn't want to lose that energy. You know, what it's like you know, you pause the movie, you come back. Sometimes I never come back to it. If I pause something, I'll just never come back. You know, it'll be forever gone. So, yeah, I just was like, man, it's just such a great film. Really, really pulled me in. I learned so much about this. Um, You know, we always talk about food on the podcast a little bit. Um, I'm curious what the food was like during all that. You know, was that mayhem? That's the, UT
2: cafe,
0: that's the UT cafeteria serving up 1,100 meals for these ravenous <laughs> toys. You know, I mean, there's that wonderful montage in the movie. I think it's breakfast and you see like a guy eating a hot dog and relish. And <laughs> it's kind of a, <laughs> I can't say much for the cuisine, but it, it got them fed and got them marching. We had a great, I, I'm reminded of the amazing pre pre-production meal. We hadn't got the whole crew together. We went to, um, What's that famous barbecue spot that's outside of Franklin's?
1: Town? No. No. Salt Lake. Salt Lake. Lick.
0: Yeah. So maybe, yeah, that that was just a, we needed to kind of baptize our production by by going to an out-of-town Great choice. barbecue meal. Uh, our Great whole choice. crew
2: was staying on uh, in the dorms along with the Oh really. So we had the option of eating in the cafeterias, and I have to say, like not like some in the crew did that, but um, <laughs> The other, but, but we also had stuff um, available um, in our kind of war room, you know, the the good old like film set bagels and cream cheese kind of thing. But um, one thing that is not in the film, I mean, there's so many things that were on the edit room floor because they, you know, they're great, but they don't fit. But one detail is that the, was it the legislature? Somebody got Whataburger designated like, Oh god, I wish I could. Like remember. the official
1: meal or the food, official food of Texas or something.
2: Basically, yeah. Like they That's passed hilarious. that law through the Senate and the Congress, <laughs> and then they got a call from Whataburger. Um, <laughs> so like from the CEO, who was like super fired up, and like sent them, I think some, you know. It worked. Food. Yeah, it worked.
1: <laughs> it worked. I mean, when
0: I think about meals for us not really a meal, but, but, you know, we had all these crews running around really camp cinematographers because they weren't really big crews. They were just seven cinematographers and they were all kind of attached to a character. And at, at the end of an 18 hour day, we would have like a half an hour at midnight to gather and decompress. And we would sit outside where it was, it was beautiful that, you know, temperature dropped. We would drink, drink beer and, and just got a little bag of chips and 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 that, <laughs> that that was to me like a production meal was like beer and chips and like what happened what happened with Ben? What happened with Steve? And what happened with Robert? It's
2: probably not okay that we're drinking beer on campus. It's uh, uh, anyway. probably okay.
0: But we were in it, like the adult dorm. So. <laughs>
2: the adult dorm.
0: Um, trust you
1: know, me, she, th- th- those kid, beer happening at the dorms. I mean, let's
0: be real. teenage boy eating habits. Like you go into their room, and Stephen would have like a two liter bottle of Mountain Dew, and like were <laughs> wor- like you know, bo- like a box of Fruit Loops, and he'd be like, you know, pouring, pouring it. You know, it's it's like two fisting it with a box of cereal and. And you're just like, dude, that cannot be,
2: healthy. But,
0: uh, thank God you're 17. I mean,
2: they're sleeping like two hours a night and eating junk food. I don't, under- there's like definitely a different.
1: That's what That's we, I mean, life. Y- your life, you could do that when you were that age. you could just Apparently, get yeah. by with, yeah. it's not, you didn't, it wasn't an important to you, right? It wasn't like, yeah. it, it was just some, just get something in and, you know, we got this other stuff to do uh well that's interesting that is hilarious to to hear um well is there anything um that we didn't discuss about the film um i mean i'll, I'll definitely we're going to end with you know where to watch it and how to connect with you guys and all that sort of thing but is there any specific part about the film or anything we didn't mention or anything you want to end on let people know about it that i didn't talk about i don't
2: think so i mean thank you for, yeah it's you great know. to
0: have an, a Great to reach out to Austin and and we 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 someday we want to bring the movie and oh, so show badly. show it. We had big plans to to sh- we premiered at Sundance, but we were going to go to South by Southwest and, oh. and have a Texas premiere there. And
1: yeah. someday
0: we'll bring it back there and get all the boys and and we look forward to that. Um, in the meantime, you can watch it on Apple TV Plus, and um, we're doing a lot of conversations with the boys too. So if people are are interested in that, they should follow us um, on Twitter, Boy State Movie or instagram and just kind of st- then the boys are all active on social media they're they're not all of them but steven uh renee um and uh, i'm gonna see if i
1: can get um i want to get steven on 100 percent he's to great be frank with you i would love to have him on and talk about his journey and his i just think we would have a lot in common and could really have a great conversation
0: i hope you guys can do connect yeah that'd be cool
1: i'm gonna oh, we're definitely gonna try um he, he inspired me i mean he really everybody every, you know what all of the boys did really in the film i, I will say that they yeah, all really did. So, well, listen, Um, again, th- this was absolutely wonderful. Again, I t- I thoroughly enjoyed the film. I, I, You know, I'm blessed at this job. I get to do so many great things and, and take in so many great content. I got to watch two great documentaries this week. I watched the one with uh, Molly Ivins, The Raise Hell. I don't know if y'all have seen that. I was telling uh, Maria about it. It's on Hulu. F- talk about politics, right? This phenomenal woman, uh, Texas liberal woman, just a great documentary as well. Um, But yes, Boy State. Um just phenomenal great job guys i I can't wait for girl state and for all the other ones that that could come out of that i honestly am very curious what the girl state uh would look like i feel like i just feel like it would be better run it might not be as as well of a movie you know Mm -hmm. because it might just be you know not as much drama i don't know
0: find
2: out you know we will find out the whole joy of what we do is to have our expectations subverted a little bit (laughs) we'll, we'll see what we find
1: Totally. Totally. I get that. Well, again, thank y'all so much. I really appreciate it. My best to y'all uh, during this time. Uh, nothing but, you know, wish you guys uh, uh, nothing but uh, safety and everything for your family uh, during all this. So, uh, especially during the holidays. So thank y'all again, very much.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Patrick.
1: Thank Absolutely. You. The Lone Star Plate podcast is produced by Texas real food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time.